Welcome to The Table. Welcome to The Table is a podcast put on by the good people at Pulpit Rock Church in Colorado Springs. My name is Thomas Thompson. I am your host. And with me today, I'm excited for this season. My co-host is Susie Bates. Hey, Thomas. Thanks for having me back. I'm glad you're here. We're in a fun season right now talking about parenting and all of the uh, interesting things that come alongside that. And I'm very excited today. We have uh, a couple of guests with us today, and I'm going to let Susie introduce them to us. Yes, I'm excited as well. Each of these episodes, we want to be helpful to parents. And I think one of the best things that we can do for our parents is to resource them and connect them to each other. There's a lot of power in feeling like you're not alone in the phase that you're in as a parent. And so today I've asked some friends of ours to join us and we are going to talk about blended families. Um, So thank you guys for being here, Mark and Molly Wendell. Hello. hello. Good morning. We're excited to be here. (laughs) Thanks for being here, you guys. Uh, Mark oversees our student ministry at Pulpit Rock Church and Molly oversees our kids ministry at Pulpit Rock Church and they are married to each other. It's a really beautiful thing. Uh, I work with these guys a lot and thoroughly enjoy them and have enjoyed watching their journey blending their family. And Mark has one of my favorite top 10 beards of all time. Yes. It's a pretty high rank. I would agree. You know, our people can't see this right now, but. If you could, it's, it's Mm. a, it's a a rung below Gandalf. Mm. (laughs) Several below Gandalf. But Mm. it's certainly above many, many people. Well, I'm not going to do anything to it for a long time, so Gandalf oh, is not that far away. Oh no! I did tell him this morning that that shirt makes his beard look nice. Can a shirt make and a he beard really look nice? Hearing it does. that, doesn't it? It's like flannel and it's got colors, some salt and pepper in it, and lumberjacks nice. are us. Well, our topic today, <laughs> though, we could just go on and on about yes. beards. Um, is blended families, and you guys have a beautifully blended family. Why don't you tell us about your family? What makes up your blended family? All right. Um, so uh, our, our family is blended. It's uniquely blended, but I kind of feel like that that's um, the situation for most blended families. There's not one that looks typical. So Mark was married before and has two beautiful children from that marriage who actually are adults now. Um, so we have two adult children. Um, we have been together for a long time. But we will actually be celebrating our third year of marriage in um, just another couple weeks. Um, so that's, I guess, the the nuts and bolts of our family. There's obviously lots lots of layers in there, but that's what our family looks like. Yeah. So you guys, you got married and you immediately became empty nesters. Is that right? Pretty close. Pretty, close. Pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Mark's youngest is, um, she's 21 now, but when we got married, she was just about to embark on her first year of college. And so she, we were getting her moved in. So yeah, we fast-tracked immediately into empty nester life. That's beautifully unique. I love that. Well, let's start by asking, what was a fear that you had about blending your family before you actually blended it? And then maybe, I don't know if this follow-up question would be warranted, but did that fear turn out to be like a legitimate one? I, at all costs these days, want to avoid being the Bible verse slinging guy. (laughs) But just a reminder that for those who do love him and who are called according to his purposes, that all these things do work out for good based on the way that I am wired. And I would like to apologize to Thomas and to Susie today and 
those producing this podcast, I don't know what crying in the middle of a sentence is going to sound like over a microphone. <laughs> it's going to sound But today is probably hopefully going to have some laughter. But there are some things that, you know, you would talk about that still are kind of heart-wrenching. And because you love the people that you love as much as you do and the way that you love them, it's just emotion-evoking. I was afraid for a long time to try again to mm. get married because the way that I had soaked and owned how things had gone previously... I was fearful to try it again. And I, for a while, was reserved that I wasn't going to do this again. I wasn't going to get married again for fear that it wouldn't go well again. Mm. And this is kind of a huge bummer to even start talking this early about something, but that you you realize that something went in a certain way and that you, whether valid or accurate or not, that you had done something, you made a decision that spun other people's lives into motion. And three years, five years, ten years later, these people are still in the midst of something that I helped set into motion and for a long time believed it certainly wasn't good. So I think that was a fear for a long time. While pretty good at the daddy gig, I don't know that I was really good at the husband gig, but God redeemed that and and he brought that back. Those fears, I can say we're unjustified, but we don't escape still dealing in those years later. And Molly, Kathleen, and I were talking even this morning about that this is a this is a tender time for she and I in our married life and with both of the kids. And we all in our families have unique things going on. And we're also telling the story of at least three other people that are here today. So we want to be honoring to those other people as well, um, things that they're going through, the journey that they've been on over these past several years. So God has helped put those fears to rest about being a husband because I believe that he has just for me, fashioned me to be, but I was fearful for a long time about how would it go if I did, if I did this again, because I would not want to, I would not want to fail again. Mm. Welcome to being a one. <laughs> Mark is a one on the Enneagram. Let that be noted. <laughs> I think it's really well said, Mark. I'm, uh, I'm just now starting to have adult children. I'm sorry. I'm just now starting to have my children become adults. It's not like I'm just <laughs> gaining adult children right at this point, but, and realizing, you know, as, as a guy, you know, would speak in church when your kid's a little, you'd always tell these stories of, you know, funny things that little, you know, your little kid did or whatever. But now I, I'm, it's really dawning on me. And, and it probably of course was before they turned adults, but it's really dawning on me that they have stories hmm. that are not my stories always hmm. to tell. And I have to steward those differently. Right. Yeah. It's not just that. And, and I think even with blended families, I, I am from a blended family also, you know, realizing that there was, there were parts of my story that belonged to other people, or there were parts of my story that, you know, my stepfather just respected, or there's just some interesting ways that that has to be navigated. So I think it's really well said to, uh, to recognize however you just said it better than me. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Well, I love that you were not afraid at all to just jump in right there, Mark. That was a beautiful response. Molly and I were talking yesterday. She was just saying, I just, I just want this to be helpful. Like what would be helpful? And I think what you did just leading us out right there is the most helpful thing for other families who are also blended and they won't look exactly like you guys as family, but to hear someone who's, who's in the same phase of navigating this blended family life, just be honest and vulnerable about, gosh, this was scary or, you know, this was a huge win that we had. And so thanks for just like taking us there right away. I would love to hear from you, Molly, if I imagine that your fear prior to blending the family was maybe a little bit different. I don't know. What what fear would you say was kind of the loudest in your heart and mind as you guys were preparing to blend your family? 
my fears, they looked different, obviously, but I was walking alongside someone who was, who was fearful. And I was fearful of that fear, you know, that he wouldn't, um, be willing to try again, that he had basically resigned himself. That was a failure and not willing to try again. Our story happens to, to be a story where there was a long pursuit in our relationship, a long courtship, and there were ups and downs in that relationship. I think that was purposeful. It didn't always feel like it in the moment. And so I think that there was fear that I may travel this road and it may not end the way that I want it to. So there was fear in that, guys. <laughs> you guys are amazing. Anyway, can, can we do another podcast where we will just laugh hysterically the whole time we're here? Like this that can happen. Thing. I feel like this is my fault. I started with a really dark question. Fears. What's the saddest thing? What's the saddest what thing? The biggest fears You've of your relationships. Have you ever seen a puppy? <laughs> it's a vulnerable thing. I think anytime you enter in a relationship, um, specifically one that is um, like the goal is to be completely vulnerable with one another and intimate with one another. And that's a scary thing when, when, you don't really know where that other person is at and if the fears were just going to kind of dictate the road that we traveled. Well, then hopefully on the, on the backside of things. And Thomas has said a number of times that we have the gift of hindsight. That 2020 thing is a real gift to us to look back mm-hmm. in the moment. It's really hard to know, but that the timing, again, all things, you can see how the timing in retro, you see behind, you see how the timing worked out that it was appropriate and, and it was healthy and it is probably how it was supposed to be. Again, dynamics different for every family. Every family is unique, but that the children were older. How do they process information? How do they process fracture? How do they process hopeful for something that may look different than they originally thought it would look? That part can be difficult, trusting that the timing could... It did take a, it did take a long time. I'm glad that Molly Kathleen didn't hang it up. <laughs> but it's that timing thing that then again, a retro, like I say, looking back, it, it was appropriate and it was right. It was a divine thing to have the timing or the way the timing worked out. We, we believe that his hand was on that for she and I together. And then for the children, it seems like this has already, already been obvious. And just the fears that, that you guys each shared. Um, one of my questions is going to be, how have you seen God show up in the blending of your family? And it seems like I, I just heard both of you say, well, that fear, you know, it, it turned out okay, it actually turned out really good and God's hand has been in it. And you can see that, but I don't know, how would you guys, how would you guys say that you've seen God show up? Yeah, I feel like that's a really easy one to answer. It may not always be easy to live out. Like it doesn't always mm-hmm. feel great, but like, I think God is absolutely in this, the picture of our blended family, just absolute brokenness and then just undeniable redemption. It's, it's the picture of the gospel. It's cool to be able to see, to look back in the midst of it. I think it's hard, but it's undeniable um, to see how God has restored and redeemed pieces um, of our story. I think a blended family, all families, but especially blended family requires just grace and just forgiveness. And that's the gospel. And so it's mm-hmm. it's been cool to see that lived out through our story. What would you guys say to a couple that is considering blending their family, what piece of advice or encouragement would you give them prior to them blending their family in light of what you've learned and maybe what you wish someone had shared with you? It is terribly beautiful. Mm. It's really worth it. If someone could have told us what we would hope to tell someone else is 
it it is going to be okay. Be patient. Just overflow with grace at every opportunity that you get. Give yourself and other people a break. But to know that each each family, each person, they get their own unique story. And it the beauty of that is that it shouldn't look like anybody else's story. And so wading into that, knowing that it it's gonna look exactly the way it's gonna look, and that's totally okay. It's mm. that's the at that point, that's how the design maybe is supposed to be. And not to look left or look right, and the comparison game is difficult for everybody, bio or blended, but to know to rest in that that it's okay. This is how it's this is your story, and it's okay. It's going to be unique and different from anyone else's. There can maybe be some rest in that. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with all of that. I think for me, something that I'm really learning right now that would have been in, in all areas of my life that would have been helpful, I think, to hear early on is that there will never be an arrival. Like you're never, that box is checked and we get to move on from it. It's this continuum rather than this spectrum of I've arrived or I've accomplished or I'm completely healed from this or completely moved on from that. I think we grow um, throughout all of these seasons and phases, but I think that it's just, there's, it's a continual growth. Um, And so to be patient and with one another um, and grace giving with one another on that part of the journey, I guess. And I think in neighboring inside of our families with our spouses and our children, I think hopefully as all of us are maturing in Christ, that we want to see God's purposes worked out in those that we love. And so maybe some encouragement to a family about to blend is to know that this is going to be an opportunity that you get to see God's purposes worked out in your spouse, Mm. to see the things that God has clearly designed Molly Kathleen to do and who she's to be. I get to see worked out and revealed through this blending of our family that maybe wouldn't have looked the same way had this not been the story. So could there be encouragement knowing that in your spouse and in your children, your significant others, that you're going to get to see God's design and his purposes worked out in their lives by doing this. Well, it's and pretty I, cool. I think through all of our stories, no matter if we're in a blended family or not, we um, are experiencing God in our own way. And so I think through our story, through a blended family story, we are our reliance and experience with God looks different. And so to really lean into that um, and rather than I think that there's seasons or periods of time where there's a little bit of resistance, like why, why is this so hard? Why is this something that we're having to travel through that another typical family doesn't have to, Mm. um, but that we get to kind of tap into and experience God through that in a different way. I want to lean in with something you just said. What are, some examples of the hard that you see that blended families face that might be unique to that situation? So I feel like for me, I, I'm, I think that there's, there could be a long list. Um, but just off the top of my head, I feel like as a, a step mom or a step parent, um, we're, we're co-parenting obviously with one another, but we're also co-parenting with a whole nother couple. So Mark's stepwife and her husband. And I think, um, when you look at making decisions, you're factoring in a whole nother family um, and relinquishing some control. And for some of us, that's a hard thing to do. And so 
I think that that's not something that typical families would have to to factor in is what's happening at another home or what's what what kind of rules are being decided or decisions are being made and and in our in our circumstance right now um they're older and um but there, there's still direction and guidance needed and so how do we do that well it's just it's more people to factor in which i think can be challenging and i think for any family being on the same page guidance household rules, direction of things can be a challenge in any, any family. But working with some students uh, through Ministry of Pulpit, you can see two separate homes, uh, two separate rule sets. In any home, there can be what I might call as role dysphoria, mom, dad, where I think some of that can be accentuated, almost exaggerated in a blended family where you just kind of in, you kind of inherit things <laughs> like yeah. instant family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you inherit a car and a dog and children and yeah. But we, there can be, we have seen some struggle and strife in the direction what happens in one home, and then it may not be at all the same in where the children spend the next week or the next weekend. There can be some real strife and struggle in having to co-parent in that way. That was a great way to describe that. But for parents and for the children, you can see that can be very difficult mm-hmm. to navigate. Role dysphoria. Can you unpack that? I, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> it sounds pretty good, though. It sounds really I think good. as all of us move through life and we get older, you find out that people that needed us in a certain way, even almost with each passing day, don't need us the same way that they needed us before. So I'm still a daddy, but that looks very different from when the children were little to what they need or would want from me now. So I think it's this, and it's a constant identity crisis, but this, what it, what is my role? And so for us to be sharing in a certain way where Molly Kathleen what is my role? Like what wading into that can be very difficult. Like that gets deep quick. Does well, that, Thomas, does that kind of answer what, like no, this I, is kind of confusion about what is my role with these people that were introduced into my life. Like we recently, a uh, young married couple and they immediate mo- most recent reminder of a blended family. Mm. Like you wonder what this new young mom is wondering, what is my role here? Yeah. Especially as, as being, being the, Mother step parent mom, that's right, married right. in. Yeah. Seems like that that would be hard to just like that. Mm-hmm. Know your right. role and exactly well, how to do it. And I, and again, that's something and I kind of referenced it before about um that that's constantly changing. Like there when just when I think like, okay, I, I know who I'm supposed to be in this home or in this family or to Mark or to our kids. Um, that, that changes, which I think that that's, that's common, like in, in the typical family situation, I think it's just a little bit more complex as a step parent because, um, they do have a mom and, and she's fantastic and, and I don't need to be her, but what, what do I need to be in, in these kids' lives? And so trying to figure that out, I think that's, it's a constant, constant change. I think that is worth repeating um, for any step parent, that realization that I don't need to be their mom or their dad. They already have one. Who do I need to be? Who does God want me to be in their life? And can that be uh, an ongoing conversation uh, even with the kids? You know, I I remember in my family, you know, my stepdad even saying that he said, Hey, I'm I'm not here to to take the place of your dad. Mm -hmm. You still have a dad. I'm this. And I didn't really, you know, we had to unpack what that would look like going forward. But Like you said, Mark, that may that may shift and change sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, so you're you're bringing up this idea, a couple things. Um, 
uh, one challenge is is now you have four parents or multiple parents mm -hmm. more than just two. I know what it's like when our kids have figured out who to ask. Mm -hmm. They ask mom or they ask dad. Right. Dad's right. more likely to say yes to this. Mom's more likely. But then you start to, to do that in two homes where there may be completely different values as far as what shows are watched or what things are agreed to or allowed. So there's a, there's a, a, a co-parenting challenge. Then also you're bringing up a challenge of just what is my role in this kid's life Right there? I had an afternoon beer with a buddy of mine. He's a student pastor in Denver a week ago. And to find out that the last three months we hadn't talked a lot, he'd really been through some really difficult things professionally in his personal life with his family. And I felt really bad for my friend. And so I apologized to him that I didn't know about and I wasn't there for him. And again, this was kind of like Mark, slow your roll. R-O-L-E, not R-O-L-L. -L. Like, slow your roll. What's your role in my life? And my friend said to me, uh, I... I don't need you for that. I have a coach. I have a really well-paid therapist. Just be my friend. So again, I was trying to jump into being something that he didn't need me to be. It was good to have the dialogue from him, what he hoped that I could help him with in his life, but he just wanted me to be his friend. But I have to do that constant thing in my mind about what is your role in this? Mm. What are you supposed to be doing and what's helpful? What are things that you see parents do that help them figure out these roles and help the, what are some like success markers mm -hmm. or what are, what are things that you see parents do that help them figure out that role? I mean, I think it, it may sound like a canned answer, but communication I think is so key communication with your spouse, um, and communication with the kids in that family. And that could look different depending on the phase or the age of those kids. But um, I think to flat out ask, like, what what do you need from me in this? And or to ask your spouse, like, how, how do you want me to partner with you in this? Or I'm really struggling because I don't feel like I have a voice here. I don't have a say here. Um, I think communication is powerful in that. And then also to remember it's a fluid thing. Like it's, it's going to change from season to season and from phase to phase. Um, the role that they, they need you for the role that you're going to step into, it's, it's going to change. And so maybe to not grip it so tightly and just be willing to change with it. And I just try and give yourself some grace in that process. And again, the cliche, the most important thing, the most important thing, like what really did matter being sensitive to just try something and see how it would go and know if it floated or didn't so well. It's not give yourself grace in that trying. And that probably wasn't the most important thing. It's that maybe environment or climate that's being provided to children of any age, regardless of what you tried. And I agree with the communication piece, ask and maybe be willing to hear a difficult answer and give yourself grace in that moment mm -hmm. as we figure it out. Hey, we're going to press pause on this conversation right now and pick it up again in the next episode. I hope that today's sitting at the table with us has sparked some different thinking for you and maybe some different things for you to explore or even generate conversations with others around you around another table. But we welcome you to come back with us next episode as we'll pick this up then.